I put a link to the communication guidelines and I tried to break this down to help people understand kind of where, what the best approach is. Mm -hmm. And ultimately you can always, in the Marines we used to say, you can always escalate a situation. It's harder to de-escalate. Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local Franklin Mass FM radio dial 102.9. Here in Franklin High School with our school superintendent, Lucas Jaguer. Lucas, good day. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Steve. Thanks for having me back on your, uh, your podcast. Well, and thanks for hosting us in this wonderful building. <laughs> it's hard to believe that, you know, it, it's such a gem every time I walk in for whatever performance, sport event, public meeting. I enjoy it. It's we add this to the list now because podcasting's a, a great thing to do here as well. Absolutely. And we're lucky to have this uh, school. We're lucky yes. to have it here. And it's under a little bit of pre school you know back to school preparations you may have noticed the lobbies being painted and updated all the, the details to make sure being things waxed. open on time on schedule preparing the great yeah. experience that you want to bring to the students absolutely so we're, we're hard at work uh, I want to just give a shout out to our entire team that works throughout the summer our, from our secretaries to our administrators to custodians uh, DPW in mm -hmm. getting the surrounding area sure. around the school facilities, yep. facilities everyone who's been a part of trying to help us prepare to open up successfully mm -hmm. and um, yeah we've done a lot of work we've hired some talented people I'm just leaving the reason we're here today Steve is because our new teacher orientation where we had 23 people join us to get acclimated and oriented to Franklin Public Schools from all levels, from early childhood through high school, right. have joined us. And uh, we took this meeting here because we just finished lunch with them and they are off to their buildings mm -hmm. to get into their classrooms. To, yeah, to get into that next level of detail. Because I think, as you mentioned, at the school committee meeting, you've got the 23 hired. I'm assuming most of them, based upon the hiring process, are have been teachers elsewhere. Yes. But even if they have, they're still your way, this way, and there's going to be some slight nuances. Obviously, once you get into the classroom, the teaching generally doesn't change much from district to district, but how to get into the classroom, the access, the tracking, the technology that we use, Correct. there's a whole lot of differences. There are. There are, there are, there are and each district's at a different place mm. uh, with their goals, right. you know, which I'm sure we'll hit on, but certainly we just want to make sure they understand what are our values, what do we hold important. and. I don't think values differ much from school system to school system. It's about making the best decision for kids. Right. But ultimately, we have some things that we focus on here. We have a portrait of a graduate, which is unique to Franklin, yeah. uh, that we, we have our district plan. So it's a matter of getting them acclimated and up to speed. Tomorrow, they continue with their school principal and assistant principal in the buildings. Well, they'll learn the true <laughs> flow of how school works and where to get help in their buildings, which yeah. they're all anticipating. All ready to get set up for the students coming in next week. Correct. But it also gives us an opportunity. Where has the year gone? You've already been here a year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm 
picturing uh, the Marvel movies where <laughs> Thor in the first movie, how he looks, and then if you look at Thor by the end of the thing, he has the eye patch and the, you know, no, I'm, I'm joking. But it's certainly been an experience. I'm continuing to grow and I've reflected a lot on, on my role and uh -huh. what I uh, hope to achieve as we continue. I received some great feedback in my evaluation on next steps for us, and I'm just excited about the team that we have returning in the fall that I get to work with, uh, which right. includes our teachers and our counselors and nurses and our and administrators mm -hmm. and some newly appointed administrators and leaders that we have in the district, which I'm excited about. Sure. And then obviously focused on working with the students and the families of the students and because it's a joint process. Correct. You know, it takes the two to tango, which I probably <laughs> have said too often, but it's true. It's, it's, it, it is true. It is true. So we are just, uh, we are excited. And as part of that, with new things coming, one of the state budget things was the free lunch program Correct. has now been put into the state budget. And I know you just re, uh, issued a communication around to the families around all the nuances around that. Yes, so we are excited to hear for the second year the Massachusetts uh, state government has, has approved our ability to have uh, lunches at no cost to students supported through the, the state budget which is excellent and I think it levels the playing field on so many so many levels for students and families and uh, this allows for our families to uh, for our students to get free lunch what I will say I, I really want to emphasize in my email I did show a link to the meal application right. so although lunches are provided to students at no cost I'm encouraging families who believe that they may qualify even if you're not sure there's a link to a meal application. It's discreet, it's private. You fill out the information, you provide the income information that they need, and you submit it, and if you do qualify, they will confirm that for you. So although lunches are covered, there are other areas within our system where <clears throat> fees are included, such as Chromebook insurance and busing, and a few other areas. Sports and activity fees. Correct. Sport, athletics and activities where uh, reduced rates are available to families that qualify, but you need to be on this list that the government has reviewed. Right. So I encourage people, there was a time where we only had paper copies of this and families would fill it out. The kid would bring it in in an envelope or something and get right. it to, and I want people to know, the question was asked from one of our school committee members, what's the process? It's online. The people who need to see it to qualify see it and then the information is sent to the uh, managers of the different areas we just mentioned mm -hmm. those cost centers sure. basically to adjust fees based on that master list of folks who qualify so i encourage folks who think they could uh, be eligible to apply so it's another way of phrasing nothing venture nothing gain if you think you're in that area even if you're close apply right. and then you'll find out one way or the other and the implication if you truly do qualify then you're gonna have the benefits going forward for the rest of the year. Correct, and it's year, it's annually, so that's the other piece. Thank you for saying that, Steve. If you qualified last year, you still need to reapply. Okay. Because every year, they uh, the government changes actually the threshold. And circumstances can change from year to year, too. Yeah, an individual family circumstance can change, but the government changes the, the threshold the for income. The qualifications, right. So that changes, so it's always uh, worth doing, and I encourage folks to, to do that. And I would do that before school starts, because one thing I would say is if you apply in October, anything that you were charged for prior to that and when you weren't on the list were not 
in the position or obligated to go back in time. Right. So, you know, we try to work with families, of course, but sure. I just want it known that yeah. the sooner you try to get that in, the better. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And amongst the communications, we talked on the new hires. Um, I believe in the future meeting, you've got an introduction, at least to the school committee and community of all the administration new hires. We do. We do. We're excited uh, to bring back so many great administrators and then add to our team. Um, and there will be next next school committee meeting, we'll introduce the new newly appointed leaders that we have. We don't have all of our teachers that are newly appointed jump on screen because it just, uh, this year was a smaller class. Right. Last year we had over 100 new hires. The years previously. Logistically, that makes it, it a just little doesn't bit of a make sense. challenge. And, and we actually prefer that the schools take that, that time to introduce yeah. but for a district level it makes sense for us to have our administrators known and yeah. who, who's out there so uh, that's that's exciting we are we are really in a really good place right now as we continue to move forward and plan um, I think while you mentioned at the school committee meeting while you're not perfectly hired um, you're in a better position this year than you were in last year we are in a better position. As we look at our numbers, we're currently in the process. I already know from last night, I, I received an update that a few of these positions are in the queue for recommending to be hired. Okay. But basically we have approximately three to four teachers left to hire uh, across the district. We have an elementary position, a special ed position, and a high school academic position. Mm -hmm. I think we're close with the high school position, knock on wood. Right. And uh, our ESPs is the area where we have the most vacancies. We have 21 currently. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting, uh, as I was taking my notes via Twitter, somebody replied, and I only saw it after the meeting, they said, what's an ESP? <laughs> right. An educational support personnel, sometimes that's, called that's paras in paras, other districts, right, right. but they basically work with the classroom teachers to support learning in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So uh, a teacher aide could be another way, another uh, way of phrasing it's, it's it. phrased. Right. I will say I'm on a group chat with area superintendents and we're all in a similar boat. Um, d districts our size, we're seeing similar numbers. Mm -hmm. um, upwards of some have upwards of thirty to forty, and smaller districts have up to ten. So there is an area we're seeing consistency in in the number of vacancies we have in that area. Right. We are looking for people who feel as though they are qualified for that position to support teachers. I recommend anyone who has an interest or wants to inquire to reach out and call. First, I would check our website for our hiring, and it will show you the, the locations. We have uh, early childhood positions. We have 10 elementary, um, some middle school and some high school positions. So based on people's experience, their mm -hmm. interest, their comfortability, right. there are positions open at every level. And I would encourage folks to look into that. There is a job description and there's an application process. You can go on the Franklin website for hiring, but you can also go to SchoolSpring and look Which up is where generally as a district that's where most of the positions are posted because as opposed to LinkedIn being more corporate correct school spring is more of the educational world thank you for sharing that because I didn't that's an assumption I made and you're you're absolutely correct but uh, they could also look and see and then make a phone call to a principal mm -hmm. I've talked with all of them they'd be more than happy to have the conversation nothing lost nothing gained absolutely but it's worth uh, looking into and I, honestly the hours are the same hours of the day as a student so I think that's important to note that the day begins basically when kids arrive and the day ends when mm -hmm. kids are leaving. So that may fit, make it more accessible for some people and may prohibit some people depending Correct. upon what their family situations are. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. 
And we're still in the process. We have some non-union hires. We have ABA tutors, activity monitors, and interventionists. There's about five positions across the, the district. Most mm -hmm. of those are elementary school, but those are uh, based on hours of need. So an activity right. monitor is needed during the activity periods throughout the day. So there's some flexibility there. Once again, I would encourage people to go on school spring. Yep. Or and call the school Just director. for clarification too, ABA, that's... Applied uh, Behavioral Analysts. So there's some right. training involved in that particular position, but right. there are some openings that uh, might be worth, someone may be interested mm -hmm. in getting the field of education with some of the background and experience. The prerequisites are all listed in the job descriptions as well. So people can do their own hunting sure. and get a sense. And we're down to one administrator, uh, which is a student services AP at Keller, and we'll have some shared some shared responsibility at Jefferson as well, based on the number of students we have and the specialized programs that we have. Right. So that's more of AP being assistant principal in that case. Correct. Thank you for <laughs> translating. Translating. <laughs> I know you're making an effort, and you already have as well kind of uh, terminology glossary on your page as well. So <laughs> kudos for that because it, it's human nature that when you're in kind of the circle and you're having the conversation, sure. you take the shortcuts and you can use acronyms. And unfortunately, especially in my case where I'm on the outside trying to make sense of it, an acronym on your case can be similar to an acronym somebody else's, That's but right. totally different. <laughs> so see if you're talking to the United States Marine, the Marine Corps, no one does acronyms like the Marines, so uh, actually the military for that matter. Yeah, yeah, and content in context <laughs> is important. It's always been one of my bylines, so absolutely, yes. Uh, so we covered uh, some of the new hires, some of the admins. Uh, we covered the communications around uh, the lunch program, budget, uh, and the facility plan. Correct. So. We are in the process now. We have spent the summer trying to field the team and hire. So the budget was voted on in June, early mm -hmm. weeks of June. From there, we were able to bring back some of the positions based on the 700,000 that was approved by the school committee in conjunction with the town council's approval. Uh, we've set our, our budget has been set for this year. Right. And we continue to hire as I just mentioned. And Dr. Dutch, Bob Dutch is our interim school business administrator who joined us in, on July 1st. He attended the joint budget subcommittee. Mm -hmm. He will be attending all future meetings as well. And he's familiarized himself with our budget and is going to be sharing some more information with the budget subcommittee for the school committee which I've been emailing today to coordinate dates that we're going to actually start those in September okay. and have those become regular monthly meetings Sure. in addition to budget time where we need to increase the number of meetings right. to, in order to try to create some cadence. Sure. But he's going to be providing an update on kind of a state of the union of where are we at after all of our hiring is completed. We still have vacancies as you Correct. know yeah. um, where and we're not paying people. Target. Yeah. It's a moving target. But where are we at based on the FY24 budget allocation, mm -hmm. where, uh, where are we at after the summer of hiring and expenditures and getting a sense, where do we anticipate being throughout this school year as we prepare for the next school year, mm -hmm. and then where do we anticipate being in the position where we're, we're requesting, uh, we're proposing a, a new budget for FY25. Sure. And that's going to take time, yep. but certainly... Uh, that's the goal is to bring people along and my thought around hosting some budget subcommittees within the school is you know those are meetings that we can plan for 
and uh, I'm anticipating having those occur before school committee every other sure to start so yeah. I have I have a plan tentative but we will we'll be sure to post to be those. fleshed it out yeah and then respectfully in terms of the overall joint committee joint budget committee process effectively you're also looking out kind of five years and you're busy, as you just stated, in terms of where you are and where you need to be and then developing next year's budget. So lay it on top of that. You've got this additional track, and that is additional work. That'll take additional time Correct. in order to make some assumptions in terms of, okay, where's this program going to be? What revenue is going to be here? That is, as I've said in some other stories, I mean, it's almost like you really need the town and you respectfully need another three to four analysts to just go sit in a room right. for a couple of months and do that Correct. and yet you have to fit it in in with your day-to-day -day -day operations we we do and it's and it's a tremendous priority it's a huge responsibility because mm -hmm. your budget and how you develop it and how it basically the budget funds what we value and what we set to achieve to support students right. the resources the people the goals everything it's, it's tied around the ability to fund what you're trying to trying to support. Right. So with that said, we are going to be active working on this, and it's honestly taking it's going to take time. And I wanted I'm, I was appreciative when the town administrator made the comment around bandwidth, mm -hmm. and he I can't recall exactly how he worded it, but he was basically trying to illustrate that when this type of work needs to happen, which is deep work, in addition to other responsibilities we each have mm -hmm. we want to be as responsive as possible and delegate where we can but ultimately those um, budget definitely is something that the superintendent the business administrator the town administrator uh, other cost drivers right. and centers have to be directly yep. involved in. yeah and i wanted to spend some time on that here respectfully because i know the community or at least some members of the community sensed a lack of urgency and respectfully that may be an impression I can at least say from my point of view, you are working on it. And oh, by the way, it will take time <laughs> to reinforce that. It's not just urgency. It's it's time and effort. And oh, by the way, you still have your regular job to do. <laughs> Correct. And um, I tried to convey to the people who attended the Joint Budget Subcommittee that we are working on this. Uh, we are scheduling monthly meetings that can be predictable so that we can provide updates. Mm -hmm. And we want to we want to be as transparent as possible as we continue to move forward. Right. And it brings, this is a great segue into the idea of the comprehensive school facilities plan. Yes. And the work that we need to do around there. So we have begun the pre-planning phases where we establish a subcommittee. As you know, the school committee voted to approve that as a subcommittee of the school committee. Correct. The members that will be joining that subcommittee were shared last night at our school committee meeting. We, I met with our facilities director yesterday to talk through a couple of um, pieces of that. Mm -hmm. And at this point, we need to work on really getting our ducks lined up around who we're going to have help us with this work. The study of buildings, envisioning, and looking at our educational needs is, a, is another large, deep analysis mm -hmm. that in order for us to arrive to recommendations down at the end of the road of this analysis, we need to have done our work. Correct. Our homework and yeah. be transparent in that work. So the idea is we need to secure someone who can help us, a consultant to help us with that work. Mm -hmm. We need to look at our buildings from a few angles. One is capacity and looking at our enrollment, but the other piece is the actual physical state of each of our schools and where are they at and what does it cost to 
run them? What does it cost as appliances and different parts of the job, mm -hmm. uh, parts of a building? Some of the infrastructure updated. pieces. Infrastructure, thank you. So there's a mechanical assessment mm -hmm. and uh, there's also a visioning for what do we want for our students and how do we see ourselves being set up for future success and organized. That right. takes time. It does. Yeah. And I think you'll probably be leveraging, at least as a reference point, the prior study because you, you've leveraged it to a little, to the extent that you could, and it, it had left out and you'll be able to redo because some of the educational requirements, particularly for the special programs, yes. the special programs that you bring in-house, yes. which on the one hand saves the town money because you're delivering those special education services locally as opposed to outplacing them. Correct. Um, but that level of service, on the one hand, you've been seeing growth, which is good because now we're saving more money. But on the other hand, that wasn't in the program to begin with, so that changes the space requirements. Correct. And all of that has to kind of get rebubbled, reboiled, <laughs> and and Correct. come out into okay, this is what we really need, and this is what we're really going to use over the next few years. Correct. Because a facilities assessment was completed without that information, but it's not. It wasn't as an accurate depiction. We are looking at our enrollment. We need to continue to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I will say, and I mentioned to the Detroit Budget Subcommittee. When we think about elementary, the, the, the lower, the smaller class sizes are moving through the system. Right. But in a few years, we'll be back up. To, we'll start to back to the number we're at today. Correct. So we have to be thinking about tomorrow and next week, but also be looking out mm -hmm. in three years, in five years, in ten years. Right. And I appreciate you mentioning the in-district programming. And one thing that I think will be helpful as we move forward is really looking at our schools. Uh, from a map standpoint of like classrooms mm -hmm. and where we're fitting class sizes of 24 kids and where are classes being used for industry programming that typically may only have 10 students in them. Sure. And I think when we think about that's 10 kids that we didn't send to uh, another school mm -hmm. and paid for van transportation and sent them, but we morally we kept them in, in school, in town, within their, in their town. Mm -hmm. And I think financially and fiscally, we also were able to provide the appropriate education within our school walls, which is ultimately, um, that's a twofold goal. Right. So yep. thank you for saying that. Yeah. No, I, th I think it's important because as well, to clarify for the listeners, effectively in terms of kind of returning to where you are. So that's effectively, call it round numbers, 4,700, 4,800 in the ballpark, as opposed to the peak of 6,000, 6,100 students, which yes. at this point doesn't seem like we'll ever get back there. That's a right. 1,400 student difference. Right, <laughs> right. So, so how, do we, how do we look out for the next 10 years and beyond and look at the where we're gonna kind of stabilize mm -hmm. and where will those numbers be? Right. And um, I'm, at the end of the day, the recommendation from the school committee, a lot falls on us being really thoughtful and deliberate, which is why I believe in the spring when the redistricting analysis recommendation was we need to look at the big picture was basically the takeaway if I was to summarize it in yep. you know, six words. Sure. At the end of the day, that's the work that needs to happen now. It's right. the, the, um, the what, what does the future hold for Franklin Public Schools with regard to mm -hmm. space and, and, and need. Yeah. Good. So, we covered your anniversary, getting started, the hiring status, the budget, the facility plan, 
you've still got a lot on your plate. <laughs> There's mm -hmm. something else we need to cover too? I think we should just cover a few things if you're okay with. Absolutely. Uh, I wanted to just reiterate, staff are joining us on Monday for our opening day. Right. We start together and then they go to their buildings and they continue with their opening day. This year, we've returned to a model we had in the past where we have a professional development day on Tuesday. And that's uh, by design because we wanted to have those two days back to back and get the professional learning in and allow time for teachers to prepare. And then students come in on Wednesday and Thursday. There's no school on Friday. Right. Um, and then you'll notice kindergarten will start and then ECDC will start as well after the Labor Day. So, Correct. So that's the kind of the flow. I sent an email out to families that they will have received uh, by the time this is heard. And it talked about some things that I put together as just as a parent and someone who's in town as well, mm -hmm. we get a lot of information. Your school's sending something, the district's sending something, the nurse, and, and you're receiving a lot of information. So I put together just a quick checklist that had five or six items. Sure. And I linked basically, do I have a printed out version of the calendar so I can see all the dates? Yeah. Do student schedules, did I look at Aspen or did I get my student schedule or mm -hmm. see the placement in elementary school so I know who the teacher is? If I right. didn't, I should call the school. Yeah. Transportation, if I'm taking a bus, did I register and submit payment or fill up my free meal application to see what I owe Correct. to get all that done? School meals, did I check the school meal site and log in to see was there any money? The first meal for breakfast and lunch are at no cost to students thanks to the state support. Mm -hmm. But after that, a la carte menu items, things like that, kids want to buy something off the sure. rack you still would have you have to, to pay for that yeah so that you know is there money in the account if i choose to want to fund that mm -hmm. that's an option yeah. and then specifically the school websites the newsletters that our principals are sending out around start time end time any yeah. changes the handbooks will come out in the form so that people can review those they and just got approved right they just got <laughs> approved last night and finally chromebooks am i taking the insurance at a at a, at a fee or am i declining it and then responsible for the for the Chromebook. And those are decisions each family needs to make based on their circumstances. Sure. And um, basically, th that was the big idea for the checklist. The final thing I'll mention is I have a section in my letter called Respectful Communication. And I want to reiterate this because I feel like it's important if we're going to be able to work as productively as possible. And as adults, mm -hmm. it's uh, this was geared towards families. Sure. But ultimately, as uh, parents in our community as we approach concerns with our kids. You know, I want people to know that as the, it, as the voice of Franklin Public Schools in this podcast, we're interested to partner with families and try to problem solve uh, areas where we, we can help and try to just try to work together and support our kids. I'm committed to holding up, upholding that expectation in Franklin that our educators are working with families and we're, we're, we're operating professionally and we're asking for the same respect back and I know as a parent that school-related issues involving kids, your own children, mm -hmm. can certainly be worrisome, can create anxiety, right. and uh, oftentimes we have been on the receiving end of some pretty aggressive communications via email, phone, meeting, mm -hmm. and at the end of the day, uh, those interactions typically didn't resolve the underlying concerns, but ultimately left both parties frustrated. So my ask is that if there are concerns, that we assume assume some positive intent, inquire, reach out to the person closest to the problem. <clears throat> I think we have a bit of a culture in our society where we email someone and then we copy 
multiple people in the chain that right. uh, if you start with the person who who is best suited or closest to the issue to help you resolve the problem, I feel like you get further. And if that doesn't work, there are certainly ways to move then forward. Then you can begin to take that escalation step. Right. right. And I feel like um, I've noticed a pattern in my time in education, and particularly over the past probably six years, mm -hmm. where um, people are CC'd. I'm CC'd maybe where it's a student issue with a, with a teacher. Right. Or um, school committees CC'd on a situation with an assistant principal. And I feel like we've kind of jumped too far ahead where yeah. I don't know that that's uh, also there are things not within purview scope. and scope Absolutely. but ultimately yeah. I, I put a link to the communication guidelines and I tried to break this down to help people understand kind of where what the best approach is mm -hmm. and ultimately you can always in the Marines we used to say you can always escalate a situation it's harder to de-escalate yes so I feel like in those situations uh, working together with the folks closest to the issue is your best bet yeah no and that's I think what we're trying to do here together, of course, is using this platform to help you share that message. I know it's something you and I have talked about at least once or twice on this platform as well. Uh, and communication is key. Um, there's some signs around kindness matters, you know, and if you do approach somebody with, you know, kind of the sugar instead of the salt, <laughs> it, it tends to work a little bit easier. Um, so hopefully people can kind of take their breath Think about what they're asking, and yes, there may still be a tough situation, but you know, ask it appropriately. Don't right. just kind of <laughs> come, right. come out aggressively because sure. you're just adding to something before you started getting there. And I will say, the majority of our community and our families abide by this mm -hmm. code, and yeah. I think our next step is when, when an individual instance comes up, we, we will be communicating mm -hmm. with individuals directly. But it felt like giving everybody a fair opportunity to read and understand my thinking of sure. where I'm at was the most appropriate, which is why it ended up in the back to school letter. It was really out of respect in an effort to try to give people the tools to problem solve mm -hmm. and get, get a response that leaves them less frustrated because you start closer to the issue, you're more likely to get a, a response quicker right. and more effective. Good. I think that covers it. It's probably a good point for us to close for this session, and I appreciate you taking some time to do this, and I'm sure we'll be back because the school year is about to start, and we'll have more topics to go as we go forward. Well, I look forward to those conversations, and as, you know, as always, I appreciate you taking the time to meet with me and give me the opportunity to share what's going on with Franklin Public Schools, and I look forward to uh, just talking throughout the year as, as more information's out there. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again. And for the listeners, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more. And we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements, and I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. 
I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.